You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Welcome back to Talk Your Jits Podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a blue belt who trains at Jocelyn MMA, located in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, Brian Fontes. Hey, guys. What's going on, sir? Not much, my friend. Just a lot of jiu-jitsu today and uh, lately in general. But uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to, to have a chat with you. Thanks for the invitation. Yeah, man. No problem, man. The pleasure is all mine. Well, <clears throat> let's get right into it. If you want to formally introduce yourself again, by all means, and uh, let's hear about your jiu-jitsu journey. Sure. Um, yeah, my name is Brian Fontes, and I am a blue belt at uh, Jocelyn's MMA um, in Hamilton. Ham- Hamilton is not too far from Toronto. It's about half an hour, 40-minute drive uh, near Niagara Falls, kind of in between Toronto okay. and Niagara Falls. And... Um, yeah, Jocelyn's is, is a really well-respected uh, martial arts spot in the area, uh, especially because um, the original owner, his name was Rick Jocelyn. He was a MM, he's a martial arts pioneer in Canada. He has a um, uh, black belt in lots of different types of karate and won like over 200 gold medals at competitions um, all over the world, uh, especially Canada, um, over the last 40, 50 years. And then his son, Jeff, who is the current owner and instructor uh, and our coach there, he um, followed in his father's footsteps and pretty much did the same and ended up fighting in the UFC um, and ended up fighting a lot of really big names. He fought John Fitch. Um, in a very close decision that he should have won but ended up losing um, and fought Josh Koscheck in the UFC and uh, oh, wow. okay. had a, a fight with Chris Lytle he was supposed to have, I think. Uh, I think he might have fought Chris Lytle. But yeah, had some really good success, was doing really well, was doing amazing against a lot of top-tier guys like John Fitch and Josh Koscheck who ended up going on to fight for world titles against like GSP and, and, and the top top two top three guys and mm-hmm. then uh jeff unfortunately had to stop because he had um, a medical condition um that had to do with just i guess trauma to the brain he could explain it better but long story short the doctor basically told him he was kind of you know starting to have a hard time putting thoughts together and thinking and um the doctor basically told him you can't take any more hits to the head um, right unfortunately and uh pretty much told him that he was done and he had to retire from MMA. So he um, he stopped competing in mixed martial arts and kind of took over his father's school and uh, started uh, kind of recuperating. And then after about a year, he got into uh, um, getting way better at jiu-jitsu. He was already a black belt and training jiu-jitsu. And now he's been, for the last, I'd say, 15 years, been like uh, full-on jiu-jitsu, gi and no gi and building the team out and uh, doing really, really well. And he's uh, he's very, very good at jiu-jitsu and, and a great instructor and a great teacher. So that's his story. <laughs> but um, I just well, find well, it, uh, his story well, so, is great. I mean, so. <clears throat> yeah. Awesome. That's, I mean, it got to be rough to hear, you know, um, you know, hear those words that you have to retire from something you love so much. Yeah, he, he did... Um, 
he did two TED Talks uh, that you can find online about it and about how martial arts has changed his life and stuff. And they're pretty inspiring. And, um, you know, in, in both of them, but especially the first one, he got really emotional about it because when you do something that kind of like your entire life revolves around it and you're super passionate about it and, and uh, you know, it's a part of your identity and someone tells you you can't do it anymore, it's it's really that's heartbreaking you know what i mean very <laughs> so yeah it's uh it's like saying hey just maybe you should stop breathing you know don't breathe anymore you're like oh i know right that's yeah. just as this is just as worse yeah yeah someone telling me like yeah you know lamar uh you can't do jujitsu anymore yeah well, you might as well put me in the dirt because yeah. <laughs> yeah totally um as far as my story goes um mm -hmm. to try to make a, a long story short I'm 36 currently, and I started jujitsu. I started getting obsessed with mixed martial arts at the time, like UFC and Pride and everything when it was getting popular. And it was around 2005, 2006, I think, when I started really, really getting into it. And I loved fighters like Fedor and Shogun, and uh, I was loving Pride and early UFC days and when Matt Hughes and George St. Pierre were around and all those guys. And, um, I didn't know what to do after high school. I didn't go to college, university. I was kind of doing music for the most part and uh, had a few other jobs. And I wanted to get in better shape and and do a bunch of different things. So, um, uh, and try a bunch of different things exercise wise. So I ended up uh, trying to train an MMA. Um, and I started at uh, one of the first like big MMA gyms around Toronto called uh, Extreme Couture. It's basically Randy Couture's um, chain of gyms. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I ended up doing no gi jiu-jitsu, Muay Thai, a whole bunch of different things, a little bit of everything, just everything that encompasses mixed martial arts. And um, we had really good trainers. Like our jiu-jitsu guy was, um, he's not I don't think he's ranked top 10 anymore, but last year and the year before, he was killing it in the UFC uh, in the light heavyweight division. His name was Misha Sirkunov, and he's from Latvia. Um, okay. But he was raised here in Canada and was really, really good on the wrestling scene. And uh, he's a huge guy, really intimidating, but really sweet guy. And he was our jiu-jitsu coach, and uh, he was phenomenal, like some of the best jiu-jitsu I've ever seen. Uh, we also had Mark Bocek, who fought in the UFC, Mark Hominick, who fought Jose Aldo for the title at uh, the Rogers Center or the Sky Dome, which is our biggest uh, arena here in, the, in uh, Toronto. And um, they were all our coaches. So it was a really cool experience. I was like 21 mm. or something, 20, 21, getting to train with these guys. And I ended up breaking my leg. I was sparring and starting to prepare myself to maybe do a fight. I was thinking about doing MMA, doing a cage fight. And I ended up snapping my leg, tibia, fibia, all the way through. Exactly like Anderson Silva. So, um, yeah, it sucked. And Chris Weidman. <laughs> Yeah, and, and Chris Weidman, yeah, which that was a weird ironic connection, right? I know, right? Yeah, it's like the, wow. the bad, it's like the, the bad luck uh, transferred from one to the other. But um, yeah, it, it just kind of, my leg wobbled and everything. Thankfully, I didn't try to stand on it, so um, I didn't like do more damage. And the nice thing is it was a clean, clean break. Like it was like almost like a straight line through, so I didn't need any rods or any other stuff. So okay. um I basically, uh, I was like 182, 181 pounds in pretty damn good shape 
getting close to it. And then I had a cast from my toe to like my almost just my groin with a slight bend in the knee, hard cast, and basically sat in my room, ate pizza, like Jabba the Hutt, just like ate pizza and uh, played like Halo 2 for three months. Uh, so I, I gained a lot of weight. I went up to, you're not going to believe this, 238 pounds. Wow. So um, I, I was, once the cast came off, I was tired of being that heavy and it wasn't healthy and I didn't like the feeling and I wanted to go back to training or at least being a normal weight. So I started running 10K every morning. Every morning I'd get up and I'd run 10 kilometers, uh, which is about six miles uh, mm. in America. So, and uh, ended up losing the weight that way, getting back down to about 200, which is reasonable. And five or six years went by and I, I didn't go back to martial arts, even though I really wanted to. I just like mentally was kind of broken, couldn't kick properly anymore, was busy with other jobs and work. And then when I was about 28, 29, I was like, you know what? Screw this. Like, I want to, I want to go back. I want to pick one. I want to do it well. And I want to do it formally because I love formal martial arts. Like I like the mm -hmm. idea of a gi and a code of honor and conduct and having respect. And I just, I love all that stuff. I like the classic traditional um, stuff that comes with martial arts. Um, that's why I'm a big believer that, you know, you have to have a good attitude and try to purge ego and all that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. uh, improve as a person, not just physically and technically in, in martial arts and in jujitsu. For sure. But long story short, uh, yeah, I ended up um, deciding, you know what, I'm going to do jiu-jitsu properly. I want to get my belt. I want to get properly trained and learn all the proper techniques. And I really like gi. I've always wanted to do it. So I bought a gi, put on the white belt, started from scratch again, um, and then ended up getting my blue belt and um, went to a lot of different gyms. Uh, some just did either closed down or uh, didn't work out because I was too busy or didn't fit my schedule or one gym didn't like the professor wasn't the greatest person so i ended up going to another gym and now i'm at jocelyn's and it's been the best uh experience i've ever had it's a really really good group of guys who are super respectful but we go really hard but we also care about each other and um jeff is a, the best coach i've ever had he um he has the resume to be a jerk if he wanted to be like his resume is so good he doesn't have to be nice that's how i kind of put it to people because i've met people who are like they have a lot of ego and they do have a big resume and they kind of act that way right, right. um and he doesn't he's so humble and he's it's like he's just another person and he even is like constantly trying to learn and ask questions and even lower belts. If there's a specific technique they're really good at, he's like, how did you do that? Or what's that? What are you doing there? He's always trying to learn and pick their brain and stuff. And so um, I'm in a position now where like um, I've been a white belt, I've been a blue belt. Um, I've tried to compete as much as possible, uh, especially lately. This year I'm making a push to compete as much as I can. I've done one tournament, um, uh, did decently well and would like to do a bunch more um while i'm my weight is down and i'm feeling good and and um as far as i know uh talking to him i, I think my purple belt is, belt is around the corner um hey. so we'll see what happens and um uh yeah i'm just uh looking to improve and and get better and looking towards the future oh yeah man uh 
I mean, it just just in like the the few times I've talked to people, um, I'll you know have a conversation and then they come on the show. like, oh yeah, matter of fact, I'll be testing for X Y Z very very soon. Mm-hmm. So I always get excited to hear someone's you know promotion because I you know I just recently well I got my my brown belt like at the back in October. I saw that. Congrats. And, yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. And it's still unbelievable. You know, because I've been doing it for like, you know, coming up on six years and just the journey from, you know, yeah, that tying, you know, awkwardly tying your belt for the first time to being, you know, to being like, you know, getting your blue belt. And then responsibilities came after that. And then, you know, blue, brown, blue, purple and brown. I've been assistant, assistant instructor. Mm-hmm. And uh, just recently I got my first stripe on my brown belt and I'm like, OK. And then I'm like, shit, it's getting close. And I saw your, <laughs> I saw your, uh, your kids and your wife did too, right? Yeah, my, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, my wife got her fourth stripe on her white belt, and my daughter got her nice. third, something like that. So yeah, nice. so yeah, yeah, yeah we all, we all good, good for them. That's great that you got the whole family going. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it wasn't, it was easy, but it wasn't <clears throat> like, um, you like because my wife, she used to like she started. Um, maybe, uh, maybe like a half a year after I did, but, um, we ended up having our second child and then COVID. Mm. So she's been like off the mat. So she's just finally getting back into it. And she's like, I should just ask him to take my stripes off my belt. I'm like, (laughs) why you still earn them? She's like, but I haven't been training for so long. I'm like, you're fine. Like once you you get back into it. Yeah, you can tell you still have like a lot of the basics, like more so than a brand new person, you know. At least you know what it feels like to roll, right? Yeah, she 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 just hard on herself about it, but right. She get over it. You know what's funny? Our gym doesn't uh I don't know why uh, he doesn't for the kids, but Jeff doesn't even do stripes anymore. I think he used to and he got rid of it. He doesn't Mm -hmm. even do stripes. He just goes like if you look at our gym, nobody's got stripes. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah, I I saw that on one of the few of the pictures. I'm like, this is just belts. Yeah, we don't don't stripes. He just goes straight to the next level. So just levels up. I mean, you hear that you hear that in a few schools and some of the uh jujitsu groups that I um that I'm in. Um people who don't believe in stripes, Mm -hmm. like, you know, whatever. It's like you go we blue to purple, not degrees. So Yeah. I I don't have anything against stripes to be honest. Like I I no. don't think it's uh anything. I think it's a great little motivator, and I think it, it is a. Uh, um, I mean, it's been around forever, right? They've they had them in a lot of other Japanese and Chinese martial arts and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I have nothing against stripes. I I, I just kind of go with the whim of what whatever the coach does, right? So in this yeah. case, they don't do stripes, um, but. Um, I have nothing against stripes. The only time I had anything against it was I was at Gracie Baja for a while, uh, for mm. like a year and a half. And um, a year, year and a half, it's where I got my blue belt. Uh, but, so the one thing uh, that I don't like about Gracie Baja's system is uh, stripes are awarded by attendance. So mm. you you basically they stamp a card every time that you've attended a class and then they mm-hmm. the professor ends up looking at the card and seeing how many classes you've attended and that's how stripes are delegated and given given out uh the belts are not the belts are are given out when he feels you're ready uh mm-hmm. but the stripes are so that's one thing that i don't love i mean to an extent it's good cuz you're you're attending a lot of classes so 
you should be learning. Um, but I don't know. It's weird, I guess. Yeah, that's 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 very very weird. And uh, that's like, you know, I, across all Gracie Bajas apparently too. So really, yeah. Oh, okay, so as far as I know, mm. now we it's our our instructor. He, you know, he stripes us when he feels like there we're ready. You know, um, it doesn't change from belt to belt. If you're showing up to class, if you're participating, if you're you know, showing that you're trying to improve, that you're putting in the work, you know, you you get recognized for it. But you just don't show up and be like, man, you know, I ain't getting no stripe yet. Like, okay, yeah. well, show me what you know. And if you don't know nothing, you don't get nothing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so, totally agree. Definitely. For sure, for sure. So um so you so you do compete. Uh so how many times have you competed so far as a blue belt? Um once this year was my oh, just, first just year, okay. and I um, actually sorry sorry twice. Uh, last year was my first year. Um, I did uh, the Canadian National Jiu Jitsu Championships, and mm -hmm. I I it was my first time competing a competing at Blue. I was super nervous, um, and I won gold, which was like I was shocked. I, I I was really surprised. I I believe in my skills, but like I wasn't sure how i would do and i was super nervous and i always have been mm. um but jeff really helped me a lot with uh the mental with preparing um i asked him i'm like you know mma fights must be even more nerve-wracking than a jiu-jitsu match like how do you how did you prepare like what do you do mentally to get ready and get rid of like the fear and the nerves and everything and he gave me a lot of really good tips he said um you should be sweating uh, at least a little bit before you get on the mats. And he said, uh, your best roles are usually not round one and two when you're at the gym doing rounds. Usually it's like three, four, five. Mm -hmm. So uh, when you're looser and you're warm and your muscles are moving and your brain is in jiu-jitsu mode. And um, he he basically said, uh, warm up, stretch out, get warm, keep your, keep your sweater on, get a little bit of a sweat going, get some heat going internally. Um, and he said, relax, listen, do whatever you need to do to relax and try to clear your mind and purge all thoughts uh, and not focus too much on one thing or another. Um, and uh, so like listen to relaxing music. So like for me, I don't know why, but like when I'm just kind of like in a trance and I'm just kind of like focusing on something or like trying to get stuff done, I love listening to uh, lo-fi hip hop. I don't know if you know. Oh, you yeah. It. I love oh, yeah. lo-fi hip hop. Just like that beautiful kind of jazzy piano with like a lo-fi hip hop beat in the background. I love that stuff. So I was just listening to that and just like being super calm and serene and relaxed while I was just trying to like stretch and get a little bit of a sweat on and stuff. And um, that just put me in the perfect state of mind so that when I jumped on the mat and I was ready to go, I was warm and everything and good to go. And then I tried not to think. Um, and that was another big thing that um that, just to kind of segue into today today we had a huge seminar at uh mm -hmm. jocelyn's we had two world-class guys come in uh and it was uh john thomas who you might have seen some of his videos on youtube if you haven't uh, go look them up he's a world famous you know youtube and jiu-jitsu instructor but he also won worlds at uh purple and brown i think and okay. um he's really really good he had some really cool stuff to show us and then um, Espen uh, Matisson, he's from Norway, and uh, he is the current uh, IBJJF European champion. He just won, and uh, he's a really good competitor as well. 
um and they both had really cool stuff to show us but um what i was getting at was uh what was the thing that i mentioned before there was the segue thing i was just talking about something I just uh you talking about staying calm and relaxed um yeah staying calm and relaxed oh yeah this is what it was they said one of the biggest things is uh john thomas was saying um a lot of really good philosoph philosophies i'm gonna share with you are just kind of like um yeah just general ideas uh, as opposed mm -hmm. he's, he showed us some specific really cool stuff like he showed <clears> us like a double sleeve guard um that was really effective and everything but he also uh kind of just said uh, generally um when you're competing with someone especially like in a competition in, in like a, a like a full-blown tournament you don't want to like game plan you don't want a full out game plan and think like i'm going to do this then i'm going to do that and if he does this i'm going to do that because you don't know what's going to happen you don't know what they're going to present you with pro problem wise and so he said as as cliche and cheesy as it is like go with the flow and stay mm -hmm. flowy and just kind of like prepare for anything and be observational and reactive based on what they're presenting you with so like you go for their collar they pull the collar off but now their sleeve is there so grab the sleeve like you just kind of mm -hmm. go with whatever is being given to you at the time and don't overthink it and just do you do your game um but he said you know which i agree with like thinking about specific sequence of moves that you're going to hit is probably not the best idea because you know that's like doing it in chess and chess like he he used chess as an example you could try to think 34 moves ahead but like at the beginning of the game there's like an infinite amount of moves you can do there's like thousands of permutations and possible combinations of moves so you just have to do you and uh right and uh play your game so yeah and but yeah, that's... sorry. To get to get to that, uh, the the no, last, the other tournament was. I had a tournament about two or three weeks ago. It was Next Gen Niagara, and mm. um, I did the gi and no gi. And I've never actually competed in no gi before. I trained in it all the time, but I never competed in no gi. And I wanted to try it, and I felt in good shape and stuff. So I'm like, fuck it, let's do both. And right. uh, so um, I I didn't get gold. I got two. I got I silvered in gi and I silvered in no gi. And um, I mean, I'm disappointed because I wanted to, to get gold and I, and I feel like I could have because the finals, the matches I lost, I lost by a few points. It was like I didn't get submitted. I didn't get dominated. It was just like I just made like one or two dumb mistakes early. And then I, I knew exactly what I did wrong. And then I couldn't make the points back in the time that I had left. So mm. just stuff to work on. I, I knew what I did wrong. But the other matches I did well and... Uh, got got a, a two subs and uh um i can't complain silver is not a bad thing i shouldn't be disappointed or anything so just live and learn and move on to the next one yeah 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 i mean a lot of stuff to touch on what you were saying um yeah just i i got, i try to go in with a clear mindset because i know how my mind works especially with training i was like i don't want that clouded judgment um, when I when I compete. You know, so I'll, I'll, I've only done two tournaments, um, one at purple and one at brown. Nice. Um, yeah, so my third one will be in April. Uh, yeah, April first, which will be Grappling Industries. And yeah, I'm, I'm I plan on doing gi and no gi. Uh, like you know, just like you, I, I love training no gi. I love you know rolling no gi. I've never competed in no gi, mm -hmm. so this is gonna be something something new yeah um, so are you going to be 
doing a go a nogi competition soon? Is uh, you're gonna do this one at Grappling Industries? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The, nice. The is that? Nogi and nogi, uh, grappling. Isn't uh, Wayne, Michigan? Nice, nice. So, so not and too far when, from the when is it? Uh, April first. Nice. The first Saturday, yeah, the first Saturday. So nice. I was like, ooh, let me uh get to it. So I've been trying to you know go a little extra hard in the gym. Good. And just doing it. Missy prepare, man. Like Missy prepare for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. A lot of rolling. What do you What do you prefer, gi or no gi, and why? I'm just curious. Um, I'm kind of I'm kind of in the mix because um, our school is predominantly gi. Uh, we'll 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 sprinkle in like a no gi class every once in a while, but by when I got to like brown belt, um, I don't know. It was just something about like rolling no gi just felt better to me for some odd reason. Hmm. And I, I, it is more, it's a little bit more technical because I can't necessarily hold on to my opponent by like, you know, collar grips or sleeve grips or, uh, or gi grips or rather, you know, they're, those are out the window. Mm-hmm. And plus, you know, from training so much and like going to the gym, you know, you use your hands a lot. So like my forearm was just burned from working out. So I was like, okay, I need to find a way to save my fingers. So once I, we started doing open mats, uh, I'm like, y'all want to roll no gi? And it's like, yeah, sure. So every open mat after that just been strictly no gi. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to continue doing this mm. straight no gi. Have my classes as gi, but, you know, I use no gi to really practice my grips, like, you know, wrist grip behind the arm, behind the neck, um, so that I can save my fingers. Nice. Because shit hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After, after a while, you know, Cause we get those days where we don't even do a class. We're just hard rolling for the whole, you know, to, you know, the whole class. And after a while, your fingers get all mangled and arms hurt. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You say it's technical more technical, but I I just find it to be technical in a totally different way. Mm -hmm. I, I find the gi to be more technical overall because you can do all the same things, but now you've got the grips. You've got yeah. all the grips involved. I just mm-hmm. find um, I find not, no gi to be more uh, way more wrestling number one, mm-hmm. and like wrestling positioning, like underhooks, things like that. Uh, and I find it to be way more athletic and faster. Yeah, because it's so slippery. Like when you start sweating and you're doing no gi, and you've got two like athletic guys, like it becomes about like speed and explosivity and. Um, but you do because you don't have the gi right to kind of like, for example, just say you're like inside control and you want to like really crush the shoulder and the face and stuff. You can make it even worse by grabbing like getting a cross face, grabbing the other side of the the gi and really shoving the shoulder in. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like no gi, it's a little bit more slippery and it's like you have to place your weight more technically, you know, like more mm-hmm. perfect. So, um, yeah, Nogi's different that way, but it's also fun too. Like I, I get why some guys, I prefer Gi. I, I really love the technicality and the formality of Gi, like how formal mm-hmm. it is. And, and, and I, I, I do prefer Gi, but I can see why some guys prefer Nogi. I, I do have a bunch of friends who they don't even do the Gi anymore. They're just like, I don't like the pajamas. So <laughs> that's what they say. <laughs> and, uh, um, I get it. I understand because there is like, a, a flowiness to the Nogi that like, it's um there's a more movement it's slippery you move around it's athletic it's fast and uh, a lot of wrestling involved that's for sure yeah um, but 
but yeah, I like I like the technicality of the gi, and I like the funny positions you end up in. I like barambolos and all sorts of really cool gi moves and techniques, and I love lapel chokes and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I I like you know uh, gi jujitsu will always be my first love. Uh, that you know I will always prefer gi, but sometimes you want to live on a you know on a dark side a little bit. So I'll, you know, <laughs> do no gi every now and then to, right. to kind of you know. Just be, you know, just to get that good cardio. Cause the, yeah, like you said, you have to be athletic. You have to be, you know, a little bit quick and you kind of have to do it before everyone gets sweaty. Cause you won't be able to lock up nothing if you sliding all over the place. Cause yeah. it gets that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's that there way was, very, very quick. There was, um, there's a guy that uh, we have at our gym. He cross trains at a lot of other gyms, but he, he, um, his home base is Jocelyn's. His name mm-hmm. is Amr, Amr Ghanaim. And he he's a world class competitor. He uh, he won Canadian nationals, and he's uh, he's he's just he's really good. He, like he's pretty much a full time jujitsu competitor. And um, he's a brown belt. I was rolling with him the other day. There weren't a lot of guys around, so him and I just did like six rounds straight. And uh, he whooped me, but I I just try to like m- make him work. I just at least try to be a good. Uh, opponent to like m- give him a good workout you know what i mean like at least be yeah. a, um you know um a good workout and long story short it was gross because he has he sweats so much he has like a severe i swear to god he has like a hyperhidrosis sweating problem and it's uh. just we're slipping everywhere but that's it this is gross so catch this he 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 um steps over gets mounts okay and then he has a low mount so he's like like he's he's really low pushing the hips in and then he starts like he grabs my head okay and he starts pushing and then he goes for the smother okay so he Uh shoves my my face right into his chest okay and so i can't breathe very well but i know that all i need to do is just get like a little bit of air like a little bit of uh, a a centimeter right so it's like just a little bit of Uh air right so I just try to get my hands real tight up, my frames in, and I just try to get a little bit of space and just kind of push on his hips a little bit. And then I turn my face, and then he when he when I went to turn my face, he like shoves his arm around my head for uh, like a like kind of a cross face, but also just to control my head and my spine while he has uh-huh. mount and chest. And I literally put my mouth in his armpit, and I was dying for air, so I was just like. <laughs> i swear to god i dude i have never ingested so much salt in one one sitting in my life it was vile i was like Uh, (laughs) it was gross i like i'm not exaggerating i took like two chugs of his armpit sweat it was i was (laughs) we were both just fucking crying laughing it was hilarious it was nasty. Yeah. I, I couldn't get over it. I'm just like, man, that was so disgusting. I had to like just chug water to get the salt out of my mouth. Oh, gosh. Anyway. Well, it, it comes with the territory. Yeah. So, yeah. Shit happens in jujitsu sometimes. It's funny. Man, that's like uh, one one guy, one of our uh, guys we train with, uh, he's, a, he's a purple belt, very, very technical guy. And we're rolling, and uh, he's in my guard. So I go, uh, you know, I reach around, so like kind of like chin strap, and he turns his hand, and 
his whole mouth just like went across my hand and it was just like his spit it was just slimy <laughs> i'm like oh my god it dude. all over you it's drilled all over me and we're just like i'm freaking out I'm like it's just everywhere <laughs> 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 it happens but, man i mean like it's it just happens, our human right. bodies we're throwing each other around like rag dolls like stuff happens you you throw up you sneeze you fart whatever it is man <laughs> like stuff happens just gotta, so, just gotta just gotta rock it out man just live with it right that's it yeah 100 <laughs> percent yeah, totally. I didn't cause so much like sweat and hair and yeah everything is like it was bad too. I, I I had long hair for a long time. Like my hair was like a year ago. My hair was like down to my shoulders, uh -huh. and uh, I've had long hair and short hair a million times. I just kind of like would during COVID. I I I had cut it before COVID, and then during the pandemic because everything was shut down. I'm just like, well, I just won't cut my hair, and then I grew it back. And mm. uh, then when I went to jujitsu, I had back to jujitsu. I, I had long hair. And uh, it just sucks, like having long hair when you, I, you, you would know probably, right? You probably tie it up and stuff, but yeah. my hair even tied up. I should have probably more worn what you did. You probably wear like the headband kind of bandana type thing, right? I try to, but it slides off and I'm like, whatever. Yeah. See, I would just put it in a ponytail and then uh, it comes out and I have to put it up every round in between and during, sometimes during rounds. And then on top of it, like guys would post on my hair like they put a hand down or a yeah. foot down and my, i can't move because they're on my hair or they go to grab like i don't know let's just like a uh um uh bow and arrow or or they just like grab my collar for a takedown and they just get a handful of hair and they're ripping it out and it's just yeah. so annoying i'm like that's it fuck it i'm just cutting my hair and it's just so much easier man so I'm not know, trying to right? convince you. Keep the keep the locks. They look beautiful. But oh no, <laughs> you know no I mean? I have been debating so much because you know we'll be in the middle of a roll and my cap comes off and I get stuck and I'm trying to like you know snake out but my hair is stuck under their arm. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. All right, come on. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait. <laughs> right. Let me, let me fix my dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, that's funny. They always crack a joke because like um. Me and another guy, uh, Scott, he has he has long hair too. So we're like, you know, we want to roll. We put it up in the ponytail. It's like, oh, it's, ponytail's coming out. It's getting serious. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hate it, man. It's like, I love my hair. And it's like, I don't want to cut it. But at the same time, it's like, it's so in the way. It is annoying, man. Because yeah. like, you know, you, you try to put on a headband, you try to put on a cap, but you start sweating yeah. and you tussling and it just slips off and now it's just i'm not gonna lie brother like i'm not trying to convince you i'm not selling anybody on anything but it's freeing like i'm like just 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 think about how stress-free and little maintenance and work and even just like mentally not having to think about it even one time it, oh, imagine, imagine imagine doing like seven eight rounds of rolling and you never have to think about your hair even one time like it's just I know. like you know it's it's pretty liberating, you know. So it's it's a raging battle in my mind. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. should I but cut it? Is, it? Like, it's nice in... to have long hair too, right? It's fun. Yeah, it you know, good. you yeah. know, when you it's cool. It's different, you know. Because like when you're moving, it's it's just like you know your hair move with it, just adds more dynamic to the role. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. yeah. I should have let it grow longer and just started wrapping it around people's necks and stuff. That's <laughs> you should do. Would that be legal? Hmm. Yeah, no, it is probably. a part of you. That... <laughs> it is a part of you. It's true. So I mean, because you can't do it with your belt, you but can... maybe with your hair. Yeah. Yeah, because you can you can choke people with your belt. Can you? Yeah. Are you sure? I don't think you can use your belt. 
You can use your belt only if it comes off during a roll. What? That's yeah, you can't. You can't be. I gotta look you that can't up. be in the middle of the roll taking your belt off and just you know just yeah, strangling people. Just, just like yeah, lasso. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just hog time. Just yeah. Just lasso them up real quick. But no, yeah, if it comes yeah. off. Yeehaw! You it. Yeah. I know, right? That's funny. <laughs> No, I didn't. I didn't know that, man. That's news to me. I gotta look that up. I, I, like, yeah, I'm not like, saying I don't believe like, you, but that blows my mind. I didn't know that. Yeah, I was like, "What? You can what? Like, yeah. yeah. If it comes off, if it comes off doing a roll, you can use it. All right. Very cool. But usually, you know, the ref will be there anyway. By the time the belt, he starts seeing the belt come off, he's snatching and throw it across the room anyway, so you don't get a chance to. Yeah. So, speaking of coming off, that reminds me one thing that did happen at the last tournament. Um, and I didn't mean to hurt the guy or I didn't want to win this way. But uh, my first match in Gi, um, I was competing against this guy and we were fighting for grips and we were fighting for takedowns. And the one thing I hate about IBJJF rules is like they we were actively working for takedowns really hard. We were trying to take each other down. And mm-hmm. and for 30 seconds, we couldn't get each other down. But we were really like changing grips and moving around and trying to like judo toss each other and like get wrestling takedowns and uh the ref twice gave us um uh penalties like disadvantages and um it, it's stupid because the rules and i think in ibjjf is like somebody has to go to the ground within 30 seconds and it's just dumb yeah. because like what do you have to like somebody has to pull guard then because you have two guys that don't want to concede uh the guard pull or or concede top control or like or bottom position right so right. it's a kind of a dumb rule i don't like it and the guy um it never went further than that because after our second warning we were grip fighting and um i like to do this grip break that i've seen a couple times and uh, some from some high level competitors but if somebody has like your sleeve grip and they have it real, real tight. I like to bring my knee up and pry it off with my knee. Yeah. If you're flexible, you can bring your leg up and just like use your knee to pry it off as a like a grip, mm-hmm. a, a vice. And so when I did that, I think it uh, also tugged on his shoulder, and I it, I actually pulled his arm out of his shoulder socket, and uh, he ended up like he he was in a lot of pain and he couldn't continue the match. So. The ref just told him to sit down. The paramedics came and they started trying to pop his arm back in to the socket. And so, oh. so uh, yeah, I just uh, said I'm sorry and and I told him like uh, you know I, I I hope he's better and stuff like that. And I, I it sucks that it happened and everything. But uh, my my friend, I told my friend I, he was making me laugh because uh, do you do you like Star Wars at all? I'm kind of a nerd, oh so. oh I, well I'm saying you can't really see it, but I got like a couple of figures over there like. Okay, yeah, I see him. I see him. Nice, nice, nice. I see the Batman, Michael Keaton, uh, bat signal logo and everything. That's cool. Yeah, I, I just, that. I just painted that. I just finished painting that. Uh, Beautiful. A few days ago. Beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm Thank a huge you. nerd and I love Star Wars and stuff too. But, but uh, my friend, he just called me. He's like, Ooh, and I'm like, why, why are you doing that? And he's just like, and he's like, remember the part where Chewbacca's playing uh, that chess game, and they're like, let the Wookiee win, because, and, and they're like, why? And he's like, because. Because droids don't pull arms out of the sockets when they lose. <laughs> so I was just like, true, true. Good point. So he started calling me Chewbacca. That's funny. Wow, that's yeah. hilarious. So, that's hilarious. Yeah, man. I had uh, this funny story. just made me think about it. Um, 
at my last tournament, one of our uh, white belts competed. And uh, he had a couple of his friends there to, you know, to come support him. So, we you know, we walk up, he introduces, he's like, yeah, you know, this is blah, 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 blah. And you know, we're talking and he's like, hey, uh, were you, so I heard, I heard Matt got choked out there the day. Someone just put him to sleep. Were you there? I was like, yeah, I was there. And he's like, man, it had to be crazy to see. I was like, I was the one who did it. He was like, oh. <laughs> it's it like he's he's a he's a tough guy and like we will work a technique and he'll just go so it just turns to a roll so i caught him in a triangle didn't know i had it locked up because the way he shifted i thought he was going to get out but he stood up and then he just blew, mm. fell over out and i'm like are you all right he's like yeah, 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 yeah. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm like, you sure? You were out. He's like, I was. I was like, yes. Your your head bounced off the mats, dude. Like, if I didn't have control of you, mm. it would have been terrible. Yeah. But yeah, it was just so funny because they was like, yeah, man, I heard he got choked out. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm the one who did it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. yeah, he's a he's he's a good guy though. Good guy. Have you ever been choked out? Um, yes. Mm. No, almost, mm. almost. I I got to, I got to the to the point where everything started to that blanket started to go over your face and everything started to quiet down. So I was like, oh yeah, no, this is bad. Let me uh, <laughs> let, me tap. <laughs> let me tap. Let me tap one second. Let me tap one second. <laughs> was at me. I was like, I might be able to fight out. And he and the guy. This was at um my first tournament. Oh wow. He went for um takedown, got head and arm, and I thought I had my arm up high enough. To kind of block it so i was like oh okay i got a little bit of room and i tried to like try to shift my weight and he just turned and everything just said Ooh. i was like yeah no go ahead and let that go brother mm. <laughs> yeah yeah big close but i haven't been out so. yeah yeah i've been i've been put out i think two or three times uh wow one of them was like two weeks ago it was uh just after the tournament i was rolling out of town with some friends in another gym really good group of guys there was like nothing bad there was nothing wrong but there was a young kid who was a really good wrestler really athletic and Mm -hmm. um he caught the tightest guillotine i've ever been in on me and usually i'm really good at fighting a guillotine or at least like I know how much time I have to try to like pass the guard so I can kind of cut the angle and get the side control so that it becomes looser and weaker. And I don't, Mm -hmm. I'm not in in a bad place. And um, I kept trying to pass his leg and he had it really tight and I was going red and I could feel that I was like, it was getting close, but I'm just like, I've been in much worse spots. I've got time. And I kept trying to pass his leg, and then I got one leg over, so I got kind of in half guard. And then uh-huh. I was trying to like kind of knee cut and get through so I can get into side control. And and then I was just like working with it, and it was getting tighter and tighter. I'm just like, okay, I got probably about five more seconds, and then I'm gonna either have to tap or like I need to really get into this. I need to get past his guard here. And then uh-huh. I really went for it, and I I feel like I passed. But that, like, I think he made some sort of adjustment, and then the next—that was the last thing I remember. The next thing I woke up, I was on all fours, just like this. Like, just say, like, there's a, a camera that, like, you are the floor looking at me. I was just like, 
like my whole head was tingling and my arms were tingling. I was just like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> and then he's just like, are you okay? Are you? He was he was like just like holding me. He's like, are you okay, man? And I, I'm just like, yeah. Did I just go out? And he's just like, yeah, man. You were like snoring, like. And I was just like, wow. I'm like, yeah, man. I told him, I'm like, really good job. I did not respect that nearly enough. <laughs> Fucking wicked job. So I just gave him props and took, took 10, 15 seconds to just chill. And then we rolled again. But yeah, he, he caught me legit. So uh, it, it just goes to show you got to respect uh, the choke sometimes. And when you're close, like you can't push it too much. I, I try to push no. it a little bit because you need to know your limits. Most of the time when I do push it, I have a really good gauge of like how much time I have left. And I usually end up finding a way out i have really good survivability i, I pride myself on that like uh-huh. um i might not like submit a, like some of the blue the browns and the blacks but like i'm really good at like finding a way to not get submitted or or at least trying Some, to yeah. survive which i think is really important especially at white belt it's important um, oh, yeah. but yeah yeah I, I did not respect it and uh i went out so that was that was exciting <laughs> i had a guy uh, a few years back um I think I was, was we both blue belts? Or I think I was blue and he was still white. But anyway, we were working a bread cutter mm. and, you know, just setting it up, setting it up. And I go for it. And I I was still kind of like hesitant because I'm like, I don't want to choke nobody out. So <clears throat> he's like, you know, just go for it, bro. You know, you, you got it. Da, 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 da. That's the only way you're going to get better. So I'm like, fine, whatever. So practicing in it and i'm like i just can't seem to get it and i was like my instructor was like you know make sure when you you keep your shoulder down but turn your wrist out like you're trying to look at your watch so boom i go for it and i feel his body like tense up Mm. and then it just he slowly started to relax and i looked over his eyes glossed over he's just like staring in his face i let go i'm like you all right he's just like Yeah. What I'm like, yeah. What, the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what do you mean? What happened? Like, you were out. He's like, oh, I was just trying to see how long I can go. I was like, yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah it, don't do that. It doesn't feel, I'll be honest, it doesn't feel that bad. It's not like super uncomfortable or there's no pain. It just feels like a, it feels like you just had a power nap. Like you just, yeah. you, know, you know, like when you're really tired in the summer, it's a beautiful day outside, the birds are chirping, but you're exhausted and then you lay down. It for one hour and you get up like it was like the best sleep you've ever had have you ever had anything like that yeah it, like it, you just quickly doze off like oh and you're just like whoa a, and you're like oh i feel like a new person <laughs> yeah it, it it's uh it's relaxing it's like just basically like a little power nap and then you just kind of forget what happened so you know what Spe- speaking of like catching it on guys the, the one thing um i don't mean to i'm not like trying to choke guys out ever uh, even though they'll probably laugh and say, yeah, whatever, Brian. But uh, I, the one um, submission I am really good at that I go for quite a bit when I get the chance, uh, and the, it's it's the one that has put out two or three guys, one, one of them recently at our gym, is um, um, when guys are, are on, when guys are mounted on me and, I, and um, I'm in mount, um, or, or so even sometimes in side control, when I'm in side control, 
I kind of start setting up. Um, I get an inside grip on the collar, um, and then I grab the other one. And a lot of people know where I'm going with this. I let them mount, and then I turn in for the baseball choke. Turn to that baseball choke. So I, it's a sacrifice baseball choke because I let them mount because they think mm -hmm. that they're they're safe because they don't feel anything with the any like they don't think that that's a threat. And then as soon as they mount, I turn in really really hard really fast. And the reason why guys get choked out on this one is not necessarily because it's like any stronger or tighter or better or technical, more effective, anything. It's total, it's a total ego choke because you just mounted a guy and there's no, and all of a sudden you went from like dominating and into like a really, um, uh, dominant position to like being in absolute danger and on the verge of needing to tap and like, it, your brain almost can't compute. You're like, this doesn't make any sense. I just got mount. Why am I about to die? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why am yeah. I about to, why am I like close to tapping all of a sudden? So it's almost like you subconsciously, your brain's just like, oh no, I got, I just got mount. I can't tap right away. I, I have, to, I earned mount. And now like, I, I have to at least fight this off. And it's such a tight choke and yeah. it's such a fast choke that comes on <clears> so <throat> quick and sneaky that like uh, guys just like, they don't tap fast enough to it, and you um, can't. yeah, and and, and if, <laughs> if you roll really hard, it gets tighter and tighter and tighter. And the only thing to do is either tap or get out of mount and roll with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and let the guy sweep you, um, which is I use that in uh, competition. I landed on a, on a guy. He didn't like it, so he I swept him. Like he rolled out of it, and uh, I ended up getting on top. But I found I figured that out. I know like. It's not that the, the guy that I'm talking about invented it or anything, but I, I when I was a white belt, I saw one of my blue belt uh, like um, uh, training partners or buddies catch it like seven times in competition, and I, I'm just like, that's really effective. He just kept surprising everybody with it, and he would just let them mount like he would give them mounts, and then he would just go mm -hmm. and turn in real hard, and he tapped out everybody with it so when i saw that i'm just like well i'm gonna incorporate that i haven't i haven't used it i haven't used that in a while and i think it's about time to yo dust that bitch that. off and bring it back right <laughs> because my because that's like one of my instructor's favorite chokes yeah is, is it that baseball like he'll you know he'll let somebody play in his guard he'll set it up and he'll lazily like lay that leg down to make like oh yeah open guard go ahead and you know hop past because everyone wants to jump jump out of guard as soon as he jump he just turns and it's just like not a little side he's coming all the way around where his back is on your chest and i'm like oh it's so tight yeah so and tight so quick i even you know i got so good at it <laughs> i started actually implementing the nogi baseball choke when i'm doing nogi and i'm in like side control sometimes when i'm just kind of sitting there for a while i start like setting up like the like i, I have the kind of like uh, the cross face or this arm around the head and then i mm -hmm. set this up uh, on the neck and then i kind of grip them together yeah, and i vice grip together. the neck together and then i just turn in and um i get that a lot too uh nogi baseball choke um, they can get out of it if they do the right thing, but like guys who don't know the defense to it, it's just like, it's like choke and neck crank. It's not nice. Yeah. And if you can get it not real nice. tight and lean away so that you get really deep, the arm deep into the neck, it, it's, it's really tight. Yeah. It's yeah. Nice. Baseball chokes are nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like them a lot for sure. Like he, he works, he, man, I've seen him 
baseball choke like Serenagi someone mm. and it was just like holy crap dude yeah. Why? yeah. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> what's uh? I was gonna ask you what's uh some of like your A game stuff. What's some like? What are some sequences that you think are like your go tos, or n- maybe not even your go tos, but like your highest level uh technique that gives like maybe like black belts problems and gives a lot of other people's problems. Um, I haven't I haven't been able to land this on my instructor yet. Um, but. I have a high percentage with um, like this back take from a uh, bottom half. Uh, so mm-hmm. you, you know, you got, you got, they got you in half guard and whatever leg you have, like you figure for that leg. And on that same side, you, if you can work to get an arm drag, you know, you can easily slide out the back, take the back right. or right. you that, can set or up under for a underhook. Yeah. Or you can set up for a gift wrap sweep or, even a head and arm choke from there or mm-hmm. the head and arm sweep. You know, if you get them, obviously when you get the head and arm choke, they want to you know, try to pull back. So you just bridge and roll with them. Mm. So that's been kind of one, <clears throat> kind of like one of my go-tos because everybody kept shutting down my scissor sweep because I would hit it so much. So I was like, okay, I got to think of something else. But With your scissor, do you just go collar sleeve and then and then scissor? Um, no. Um. Cause my instructor, he he's like, when we get to like a certain rank, he expect a little bit more out of like certain techniques. So mm-hmm. being in that brown all the way to black, he's like, okay, you're at the point where everything that you're setting up, you want to make your opponent feel like they're they're it was their idea to give it to you. Hmm. So because if we're rolling, if I grab your wrist and grab a, you know, a lapel, you kind of know you have an idea that I'm going for some type of sweep. So you kind of mm-hmm. prepare yourself for that. Mm-hmm. So I you know we just get into the habit of let that be the last thing I touch. Mm-hmm. So like it's just saying if they're playing in my guard, they're playing close. I'll, you know, maybe try to, you know, snake out a little bit, maybe threaten the choke just for them to sit up. And once they go to sit up, that's when I'll, you know, break the, you know, break. <clears throat> break their base sweep and go you know from there just try to make it a little less predictable you know that's a really cool philosophy i like that like convince them that it was their idea almost it's almost like you're railroading them it's like you're you're eliminating options so that they think that this one that you've provided them with is the good idea and then they yeah. go to do it and then you're like that's what i wanted and then you yeah, just and, you know and that's exactly, yeah. that exactly what it is right because because, you know, the best way we, you know, he explained it, we, you know, we break it down. is like, yeah, that, you know, you're as a white belt, it's just survival. Your job is to survive. Like, if you're rolling with anybody higher than you, mm. you survive, you won. Mm. You know, blue belt is kind of like when you're starting to, like, walk in jiu-jitsu or yeah. crawl in jiu-jitsu pretty much. Like, you know, you, you don't necessarily know a lot of stuff, but you can kind of throw some stuff up there and hope for the best. I call it. Uh, I call it. I like to call it speaking the language. Like you're starting yeah. to get a couple sentences strung together, and you can get yeah. around. You know what I mean? Right. Because like you're now you're speaking the language. You know the flow of it, the movements, all that kind of stuff, right? Right. Yeah. And then like you know, purple is just a uh, kind of like putting it together, developing, and then like yeah, brown is like just that refinement. Just mm. whatever you whatever you're learning and whatever you got, whatever your game is, refine it. Refining the details, that, fine details. Finding the details, and then black belt is when jujitsu starts, but yeah, you get into the mindset of like you roll with somebody and you know what they're going to do because you're making them do it and you can sit in their face like, oh, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. 
Yeah. And then you sweep them, you you know, you submit them, and they're looking like, what the hell just happened? Mm. Like, yeah, you know, I I put my leg down for you to step over, and now you got choked. Mm. So, yeah. But yeah, that's that's our philosophy. Like, you know, just you know, if I'm going for like for example, if I'm going for a choke, I'm not going to touch your neck. Mm. I'm going to you know mess with your arms, just you know that those different types of distractions. And once you're focused on that, boom, I go for my choke. Or right, right, vice right. versa. If I'm going for a sweep, I'll threaten to choke. Right. You can't right, right. attack and defend at the same time. No, exactly. Yeah. So, so you're trying to mess them up <clears throat> and just kind of uh, play with their mind and give them a lot to think about and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Even if yeah. even if it's something that I know I can't get, I'll mm. threaten a weird Komor from an awkward position or sure. act like I'm going for a choke and I was just to yeah. see what you, you know your even, reaction. Even is. when I've got the back and they won't give me the neck and stuff like that, sometimes I go for a wrist lock just to mess them up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I go for a wrist lock, so it's like, oh shit. And then I'm like, oh, now all of a sudden I got the neck. You know what I mean? Right. Like little things like that. So yeah, if I got that arm across the neck and you know, if I if I got their back. I may be able to finish a one-arm choke, but it's not likely. Right. But I'll squeeze just a little bit with my shoulder and my arm just to yeah. get them to move and react to it. So I've been letting the one-arm choke lately because I've been watching the way Gordon Ryan uh, does it and a lot of the high-level uh, high guys. They really, really, really – if you have long enough arms, it helps especially. But if you really cup the shoulder blade you can, and then you, you go like this, you can really get a lot of torque. Yeah, with one, with one arm. If you like really, really dig it in there, and then just kind of pull like this, it's it gets like it's you can get some decent strength on it. For yeah, sure. I would I swim it in, and I'll you know walk my fingers, and I'm like you know pulling my own gi just to get yeah, that. Grip, yeah, man. yeah. For oh sure. yeah, yeah, totally. And a lot of even white belts <clears throat> too. Like I, I I do try to let guys play sometimes when they're like newer or lower level, but like mm -hmm. a lot of white belts. I try to show them that like just because they're defending doesn't mean that they still can't be submitted there. So I sometimes I, I don't try to be mean, but I it, if they don't give me the neck, sometimes I'll go across the chin and I'll still sink in the choke and I'll just go like this pressure on the chin slowly until they tap. And they're like, man, I didn't even know you could get the tap there. I'm like, you can if you want to crush somebody's face in a tournament, you can do it, man. And it's yeah. legal. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not mean, you know. So it's not fun, but it's it's legal. So yeah, and that's where we play. Like you know, I love my rear neck choke, but yeah, if we come across that jawline, mm -hmm. I'm gonna lock it in. Yeah, you either you I'm trying to pull up and you're gonna give me your neck, or you're gonna mm. pull down and get choked. Yeah, yeah, totally. your choice. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> your choice. <laughs> yeah, one of my high highest level uh, things uh, is. Um, I don't have a lot of like I'm good at a lot of little different things or like mm -hmm. I'm just kind of I, I wouldn't say good sorry I'm mediocre to average at best at a lot of little different things I I, I right. I'm pretty I try to be technical but I think the thing that I do that gives the higher belts the most problems um, and it started off as a bad habit that I would do just to stall and now I've gotten so good at it that I'm starting to find ways to turn it into sweeps and submissions and little problematic things is mm -hmm. um, I don't know why but I do lockdown a lot a lot so yeah um, when I'm in kind of knee shield and stuff like that and somebody's kind of passing instead of like kind of triangling the legs, I like, I'll get, I'll get my far leg in and then I'll lock down that leg. And, yeah. uh, my lockdown is so tight. Like I give problems to all the high belts at my gym with it. Um, and I don't always, I can't always do stuff to them with it, but I can 
stall or control them for a long period of time. And I like it because it gives me time to think with a higher belt. Yep. Like, what do I want to do next? And then with lower belts, sometimes they often sometimes make the mistakes that I want, which is like, if I have lockdown on the, on the one leg and then they kind of bring the other leg close enough, I can scoop it up and then get, do you know what electric chair is? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like scoop the other leg up onto my shoulder. So now I have lockdown and the other chair and I can, the other uh, leg and I can either stretch out their groin so that it, it's an electric chair submission or which I got on two guys in um, the tournament or uh, and this happened in the tournament too. If they're too flexible in the groin, uh, like for whatever reason they're not tapping, you can keep rotating with it and turn it keep into rolling, yep. uh, the electric chair sweep, right? And I get that a lot too. So um, yeah, I, I I don't know why, but lockdown is like a big one for me. I can get it from everywhere, from weird angles, and I can keep it tight. And guys have a hard time getting rid of it. Um, it's only high level guys who know how to like stuff it and, and uh, really get rid of it, but. I'm, I'm yeah. getting better, better and better with it. So, yeah, I, I love using lockdown because you know it's just if I can slow you down just a little bit, you know, just give me time. Just, just give me time to think. That's all. Totally, I agree. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, man. for sure. So, um, our I call it our talk your jits podcast question. Uh, <clears throat> the top, who are the top three people you would like to roll with? Ooh. If you get a chance, who's your top three? <clears throat> Hodger Gracie. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, Hodger Gracie. Um, this one might be weird, but Damian Maya. Yep, he's on. He's on my list. He's on my list. Nice. Hodger Gracie is my favorite. Geek competitor, be mm -hmm. geek competitor of all time, which is a standard thing because he's the best geek competitor of all time. Um, you know what? There's so many people I could say. Um, like I, I would want to say like Marcelo Garcia, or even like um, I don't know. There's a lot of guys. Even Nicholas Marigali is really good right now in gi, and I would want to roll with him. Um, but I know it's I know it's gonna be a whack. Like people are gonna be like, whatever, bro. I I kind of would like to roll with Eddie Bravo. I kind of like his system and yeah. I kind of like his creativity. And I think that that would be a lot of fun. I I think rolling with Eddie Bravo would be cool. Um, Hicks and Gracie would be another one. I'd love to go, with, but that but Roger Gracie's my Gracie choice. And mm -hmm. uh, and yeah, and then uh, Damian Maya, I just like his uh, MMA style, and I think he's got really good, amazing jujitsu. But then my yeah. creative choice would definitely be like Eddie Bravo. I love some of his stuff. I I think it's cool, and I think he gets a bad rap for you know being a conspiracy theorist type person and his personality type. But but his jujitsu, you can't knock that he like revolutionized a lot of cool ideas, um, mm -hmm. and. I honestly think a lot of the stuff that he does and came up with or or like pushed forward is is could could work at higher levels. I just think a lot of guys don't do it, but I don't know. I I I think he's creative and I love a lot of stuff about 10th Planet. Like I watch Do you know Brand I don't know how to say his last name, but Brandon McEachran or something like that? Yep. Mm -hmm. so I've I, talked to him. Mm -hmm. Oh man, I love watching his videos. He does a lot of cool stuff and it really works well with my lockdown and a 
couple things I like to do. And I do have pretty flexible legs. So I like, I'm kind of really open to doing some mission control type stuff. So I like that system. I, I would be interested in, in, in that, that would be my top three. Hadra Gracie, Damian yeah. Maya, Eddie Bravo. Nice and easy. Yeah, I actually uh, messaged him about being uh, being a guest on the show, but he's so Brandon? obviously so busy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I was shooting for everybody, man. Whoever I could get to see yeah. him be on the show, but bro, because you never know. You, you never miss, know, right? You you meant like you you don't score a, like what was it? You, you miss a hundred percent of shots you don't shots take. You don't take. There you go. That's the one. I yeah. love that quote, man. And it's the same thing, hands in hand, like closed mouths don't get fed. You know what I mean? Right. You don't say something, nothing's gonna happen. Right. Yeah, I mean, because I was just, you know, scrolling through Instagram and I was like, you know what? I've, I've watched a lot of his videos on YouTube, watched him on Instagram and Facebook. Mm -hmm. I just shot him a message. Boom. I was like, hey, this is X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. I wasn't expecting him to respond, but he was like, yeah, I'll check it out. Sure. You know, if I have time, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I sent him. I don't know if he listened, but I'm going to say he did. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I sent him the, the podcast and I was like, you know, whenever you get free time and I'll, you know, check back eventually. But. Yeah, I think that I think that's the one thing you'll find, man. Is I, I so many people, especially when you're com in the community, they're really humble, really nice guys. I think jujitsu is one of those things, man. That like, yeah, you're gonna get piece of shit people sometimes that end up going up to black belt. But for the mm -hmm. majority of people who do jujitsu and end up getting up to the level of black belt, I think the ego and the the asshole and all that stuff has been beat out of them. I honestly yeah. really do. I don't think you can be at that level and be a piece of garbage human being you know what it's, i mean yeah it yeah it, that doesn't mesh well at all no it doesn't it doesn't flow and people will know you know yeah like it, it'll for be sure, for it'll sure, be sure. um you know it'll be uh it'll go around in the community you know so because yeah. from you know the the uh, all the episodes i've done with black belts i'm talking you know three stripe four stripe you know black belts people who's been doing this for a long time and they're just as giddy and excited as you know a white belt being on the show like you think these people who've been doing this for so long, you know, they've talked about it enough or they, you know, but those be the main ones. Yeah, man, I'll do your show, man. I'd love to. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, all right. You know, nice. so, nice. yeah. So I've had a lot of, a lot of upper rank, um, like high rank people on the show and the, you know, vast knowledge that they, they've shared. And it's been, it's been fun, man. It's been really fun. Yeah. That's awesome. That's that's nice. To, that's nice to hear, man. I, I and I do really think that jujitsu kind of changes people's lives. And you know, I'm proud of the jujitsu community for the most part. And I think it's composed of majority good people who are. You know, it takes a special kind of person to keep going to that gym and taking that kind of punishment and going through that grind. You know what I mean? Definitely. Um, and I think that most of our problems in the world, like, listen guaranteed i've been on the mats with guys that like i probably disagree with completely politically or for so many different things you know what i mean and so the fact that we can all go there and there's like a lawyer over there and a real estate agent and a musician and a dj and you know what i mean and, and this and that and we're all the same we're all equal on the mats you know we're all even yeah and uh i like that and um yeah i think doing jujitsu kind of makes all the other problems kind of feel a little bit smaller you know what i mean so, definitely yeah even for that those couple hours you're training man that it, it helps, it helps yeah a lot. yeah i love it it's like my therapy to be honest with you like when i go oh, it is it makes sure. the, the rest of the day easier like like doing jujitsu i like to do we have a noon class and that's my favorite time to go is like do the noon class my my 
uh, schedule is pretty open. Uh, I work mostly on the weekends. So I do the noon class and then that's the start to my day. Like it, the rest of my day is like nice and easy after that. And it sets me up nicely for the rest of the day and, you know, feels good. Yeah, I, I we were we were doing um, 6 a.m. classes for a while, mm. uh, Wednesday and Fridays. Yeah. And that was the best class, man, because yeah. it was just 90 percent of the time it's, it's me and my instructor or it was one other guy that showed up. But yeah, man, just to go in, get some get some good roles in, you know, break down some techniques and start the day off. man. It was, I used to love it, man. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Eventually, I mean, hopefully one day um, <clears throat> we'll bring back morning classes, but he's super busy and, you know, uh, it was like, it's just me and you. I just I just saw you like three hours ago. <laughs> so like, no, we'll just, you know, we'll just worry about, you know, we'll just see you tomorrow. I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, uh, yeah, man, um, is there anything else you got going on, man? If you got any more questions, I know definitely want you to shout out your school. I know you said you're competing. Um, uh, yeah, man, the floor is uh, still all yours. Nice. Yeah, no, I um, we didn't get any time to talk about it because it's mostly a jiu-jitsu podcast. But but um, when I'm not doing jiu-jitsu, I'm pretty much a full-time musician, uh, DJ, yeah, that's right. yep. DJ, and I do uh, um, acting in between as well, uh, voice acting and all sorts of little, okay. little stuff. So, um, yeah, if anybody ever wants to see my work, whether it's music, acting, whatever, but mostly my music stuff, uh, they can go to my website, which is brianfontes.com. And um, I've got uh, any music releases I've ever done there. I was in a band for 10 years and all of our albums are on there. They're all on Spotify. And um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much it. Um, I can't really think of anything else. I think we covered pretty much all the jiu-jitsu stuff that I wanted to talk about. So just wanted to say if you're ever uh, across the board and you're ever near Toronto, feel free to come to Jocelyn's, man. You're more than welcome. We'd love to have you here. And uh and uh, I hope you do well at your uh, your April first uh, tournament, my friend. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm I, I don't know. It's just like every time I hear about a tournament, and it's like I, I just get so antsy because I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm excited. I'm gonna go out there and have fun, and you know, we'll see what happens, right? Amazing, brother. That's All awesome. Right, and, uh, yeah, that's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank Brian one more time for coming on and sharing his uh, tales and wisdom with us. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages to stay updated on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. All right, my brother.